I'm Dan. And I'm Elle. We are both Exeter University drama students and would like to welcome you to the fourth episode of the podcast list. Today we'll be chatting about a range of topics including theatre at Exeter, dialect coaching and being an international student at the uni. So without any more waiting, let's start today's episode. This week, joining our cast list is Thomas by Vestfell, more fondly known as Tom from Denmark. He spent a short time at the University of Exeter during our first year. Um, and so to begin with, how is everyone doing generally? I know that we've got different levels of lockdown. Obviously, Tom, it's a bit better for you in some ways than it is for us. But how are you doing genu- generally? Um, I'm good, thanks. Uh... Denmark is fairly opened now, so we can go to the beach, we can go to cafes and restaurants, and I've been working for about three months now uh, in a kindergarten. So yeah, it's almost back to normal. Here. Nice. Yeah. And how is oh, it going? Oh, it's lovely. Oh, same old, same old. Um, it's fine, to be fair. I think we're just getting, we're getting used to it now. I feel like we're almost going to have to get used to what not being in lockdown is like because it's been like this for so long now it yeah. feels like i think it's something like our 101st or 102nd day of lockdown now so mm-hmm. we've been in here for a while yeah wow uh, but we're on our way out so we're really pleased that you're able to be with us and have a chat with us today tom mm-hmm. and your time at exeter was sadly cut short due to the pandemic but i was lucky enough to spend some of my second term and your first term in a way in Exeter together on the research and performance module. We've mentioned it in a previous episode, but just wanted to see how did you find that module when you came to Exeter? I really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't have a lot of experience practicing drama. So the practical part of it was really interesting for me. Um, Also, when I compared it to the other international students, it was much easier to become friends with all of you local British people. So I didn't, I didn't only have my international friends, I also got to befriend all of you guys, which was really nice and much harder for all the other international students who only had like lectures and classroom settings. That must have been a really nice thing about taking drama. I didn't even think about that because it is such an interactive subject. Mm, exactly. Ah. And I loved your performance as well. Like I've said, I said before in um, when we talked to India, but I just loved your piece. Um, it was so 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 good. I just loved how you gave like so many different perspectives on feminism, like throughout time, but also like throughout different places. Like I loved that scene where there were quite a few of you on stage speaking different languages, and but you all knew that it was sort of the same meaning. It was oh, such a great such a great performance. Oh, thank you so much. It was great making it um, and also performing it. I think it was really nice because we had you, we had Anthony and we had Edison. We were able to get the international perspective as well into the piece. We obviously had that languages scene, yeah. uh, which was tricky at times, but there oh, was yeah. a really nice feeling to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there were a lot of great ideas and then it was hard to carry out. But then eventually we we got there, I think. Yeah. Ended up quite nicely. Mm. Yeah. So although we can't be doing everything we'd like to be doing at the moment, we understand that 
you're still managing to do some stuff. Um, how have you been keeping occupied in lockdown in Denmark? So obviously that's a lot freer than it is here at the moment. Yeah, so I I got back from England in mid-March, I think. Um, and then I had to go into two weeks of complete isolation. So I wasn't allowed to leave the apartment, um, not even oh. go grocery shopping or anything. Really? Um, so that was a bit confined uh and then after that i had a week visiting my godson who has no immune system so we could visit him because i was in isolation and then i went back to my family's so mostly i've just had that month basically where i did a lot of running um a fair amount of cooking and eating nice uh, yeah reading a bit and also trying to make those essays we had to make. Um, and then after that, mid-April, I started working again. So I've just been full-time working in the kindergarten ever since. It must have been quite a different culture in terms of theatre but also university and you've mentioned to me now that you study linguistics mm. Denmark but you were doing drama here can you talk us through what it was like making that shift from not only a different subject in a way but also kind of the culture around you yeah um so yeah, I study linguistics here in, in Copenhagen um, and I want to use it to become a dialect and um, voice vocal coach for actors, um, help them either find the proper dialect for a given part or just how to use the voice properly um, in a theatre. So that's where the drama and linguistic parts uh, connect and there's a um, very old tradition for that in England that isn't here in Denmark. It's not really a thing here in Denmark being a vocal coach. I think there's only one here who really does it full time. Um, so that's why I wanted to go to England to see how you guys merge this language focus into your drama. Um, so that was the idea before I got there. And uh, I forgot what I wanted to say. <laughs> That's okay. Do you have much experience with theatre back in Denmark? Did you do any performances there? Um, I've done a few shows. I think I've starred in three shows, counting one in like sixth grade. Um, but yeah, my family's very artistic. So my mum's and she, uh, she's a classical, she was a classical singer. And wow. my father did uh, amateur musical performer stuff. My sister does musicals. My brother does musicals. And they're all very artistic and very singing and it's all very nice. And I've never done it. I was a competitive swimmer um, throughout my teen teenage years um, and didn't want any part of that theater, music, business there. And then I think in my early 20s, I just figured it actually seems kind of fun to do. So I moved to Copenhagen. I'm originally from Jutland, um, 
moved here on my own and then needed a, some new friends and needed a new social life. So I just started doing theatre here. And then I start, start in two, two shows, I think. They weren't particularly good, but it was great fun doing. And that's where I really opened my eyes. It really opened my eyes towards theatre in general. Nice. That sounds really, a really weird way to come across it, especially as all your family were so yeah. involved in, yeah. Um, that's so fun though. <laughs> I'm, I know that you managed to see some theatre whilst you were in England, including a trip you made to London, I think. Oh, yeah. How did you find that production and any others you saw over here? Um, so the other Danish girl in our, in our research and performance class, Nina, and I looked up shows in London and we saw that James McAvoy started in Cyrano de Bergerac at the Play Theatre in London. And that particular play, I was a vocal coach assistant on six months earlier at the Royal wow. at the National Theatre here in Denmark. Wow. As part of an, an internship there. Mm. Um, so I really wanted to go see that. And then I did. And the bit in Denmark was really classical, um, very old language and stuff like that. And then when I went to London, it was a completely modernized version. And it was almost like it's in verse, so it was almost rapping, rapping um, in the theatre. And usually, I hate that sort of thing. I hate people who modernise classical plays, but that really, really worked well. I absolutely loved it, and I ended up buying the script afterwards online because I just loved the linguistic cleverness to it. Yeah, so I really, I really enjoy that that particular experience. Nice. Yeah. So in this next part of the episode, we're going to touch in and have a chat about Exeter and returning to something we've spoken about in depth in previous episodes. We're going to talk about Born in the Dark. Oh yeah. yeah. So as Al said, <laughs> We were all involved in India's play, I Was Born in the Dark, through the Theatre with Teeth Society at Exeter. I was the assistant director slash creator, and both Al and Tom um, were in the production. And you both joined us, I think, at the second stage of auditions, which was really nice. It helped us really build up our cast. What was it like for you, Tom, specifically, to audition quite shortly after you came over to England and how did you find the nature of those auditions? Um, so beforehand it was quite nerve-wracking because I haven't I didn't have much experience doing drama at all and also I was in this completely new space with all these completely new people no one knew me there and I knew no one um, but I figured that I needed to do something with my spare time and I really wanted to try, try doing a bit more theatre. I really enjoyed doing theatre. Um, so I ended up doing the audition, even though I was very nervous. Um, and it was just so, it was such a nice room to walk into because it wasn't like a traditional audition. It was more like a room where everyone's ideas were welcomed. 
So you're like in a group and we did all these exercises and trying to, have you talked about what the premise for I was born in the dark is? We've mentioned it briefly. Okay. Uh, but you can add to that, yeah. Yeah, so it is about this girl who is born with a congenital blindness disease. Congenital amaurosis. Yeah. yeah. Um, so part of the addition was that we in groups were supposed to go out and find stuff to make sounds or to describe, find sounds to describe colours, which sounds really weird, but it was such a nice exercise because no one knew what they were doing. We were just trying out different weird, different weird stuff. Um, and then after the additions, it was like everyone was kind of safer towards, uh, nicer towards each other because we were all in this together which was really nice. It was really nice. But we say actually can't return to Exeter in the same capacity um, as you were before, but is there any chance of a visit in the future? Absolutely. Uh, I just spoke to Nina, the other Danish girl, the other day, and I think we're planning to go visit you guys in either October or November. Um, That's so exciting. Yeah. Also because I want to go see I Was Born in the Dark whenever you're allowed to put it on. Yeah. I mean, we really enjoyed the rehearsals. I mean, we, we've made a lot of it in such a short space of time. Mm. I think, do you feel that, Dan, from co-directing it? Yeah, I think they were really enjoyable, but I don't think any of us really expected to make quite as much in the short time we did. Um, yeah, and are there any rehearsal moments that particularly stand out to you? Um, well, I particularly like the... Am I allowed to spoil on this on the show, or is it still a secret? Yeah, such a good point. So we did this one exercise where we all had to be at the beach, and everyone was supposed to make three noises that you would hear at the beach. And then we had to do them in turn. So Dan and India would poke us and then we would have to say the sound that we would hear, hear, hear the beach. And I really like that because it actually ended up soundscape. It sounded really, very much like the beach. Yeah. And really cool. I think that was, we used both a couple of YouTube videos and oh, yeah. people in the room and yeah. they fitted together really well. And you, did it really did sound like a beach environment and that's one of the moments that really stuck out for me in the short time we had as well that was so good i completely forgot about that oh god that was so much fun Now we're just going to check in with what we've all been listening to, what we've all been watching and any recommendations for things to do. So I'm going to begin with a kind of a sudden breakaway from theatre. Very different to some of my recommendations in the past. But my suggestion this week is a band called Jukebox the Ghost. And I discovered them, this is kind of the loose theatre connection. I discovered them during the a devising process of a show I created in sixth form, um, exploring adulthood and turning 18. And I heard one of them, their songs there, Adulthood, um, aptly named for the project I was doing. And I thought they were great. And they, I think what 
I love about them is they've got a kind of retro feel and their album Safe Travels is probably my favourite. I think it's great. And they're just a nice band to have on in the background. Their other albums are also great. One also named Jukebox the Ghost is also has a number of piano um, pieces on which are just their songs without the singing basically and they're lovely to have in the background so that's my recommendation this week l what's yours so mine isn't it's not dissimilar in terms of genre um i'd like to recommend an album it's sing to me instead by ben platt so it's sort of theater related because it's ben platt's album but i love it it's so 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 good i listened to it ages ago but just in lockdown, I've been listening to a lot of music, so I've got back into it, and it's such a lovely album. I just really like his voice, and it's sort of something a little bit different from his regular sort of musical theatre songs, like in Dear Evan Hansen. Um, so I'd really recommend that for anyone who wants to give that a listen. It's called Sing To Me Instead. So, Tom, out of the stuff that you've been watching or listening to, is there anything you'd recommend for people to take a look at? Um... So yeah, there's, there's one entire album because I haven't listened to it all, but this one particular song by the band called Circa Waves. Do you know it? Oh yeah. Yeah, they're really nice. And you know, the last three days, I think I spent in Exeter, I spent with Gemma and Katie and Jack from our set, from our research and performance group. Oh. Um, and they introduced me to Circa Waves and to this one song called Sad, Sad Happy. Happy. Um, and I listened to that a lot when I just got back here because it was very, very sad to be back here, but also kind of happy that I managed to get back to Denmark. Mm. Um, and then there was another thing I wanted to recommend. Oh yeah, um, at the National Theatre, I think they made a live stream or something for a play called A Car Called Desiree. Have you heard about it? The streetcar. The street, oh, street car. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I watched that and I really enjoyed it. I've never seen Gillian Anderson or Vanessa Kirby playing that like that. Mm. Uh, that was really nice. I very much enjoyed that. So if it's still there, go watch it. Yeah, I thought that was a really good production as well. And it's a great play written by Tennessee Williams anyway. Yeah. Um, I really miss going to the, to the actual theatre. So streaming is now the second best thing. I can do streaming theatre plays from all over. At least it's a way we can still watch theatre. Imagine if we didn't have streaming. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So another thing we've been doing this week is, again, we've all nominated one person, performer or otherwise, who's inspired us or just someone we've been wowed by. So to start us off, Tom, who have you chosen and why? Um, I chose um, the actor Ian McKillen. It's fair. It's not so artsy. It's very quite mainstream. But I just really enjoyed him performing in Lord of the Rings um, as Gandalf. And then a few days ago, I watched X Men, and I found him as Magneto as well. And I was like, this man can do everything. <laughs> um, and I think it was it must have been yesterday or the day before I watched the movie called Mr. Holmes. Have you seen it? When he old version of Sherlock Holmes, it's really, really good. And he just yeah. plays so well. 
Uh, and I just loved his diction and his, his way of talking, his voice and his acting style. And I'm just very, very much in awe of him. Yeah, I, one thing I read the other day, which I think is really interesting, is he's going to star as Hamlet in an age-blind production in the UK, I think, either in 2021 or 2022. Which really? is really exciting because Hamlet is often seen as like, okay, a young man and he's going to completely change that kind of thing. Yeah. So interesting. It really is. I think he's very talented and very exciting to, to follow in his different, different roles and characters. Yeah. So my recommendation this week, I think, is one that for anyone who knows me is quite a long time coming in a way. I'm going to recommend Emma Rice, who's my favourite director. And I absolutely love some of the stuff she does. Her career has covered from Knee High Theatre Company to The Globe and Wise Children, which is her relatively new venture, her own theatre company. And one of my highlights of uni so far, slightly unrelated to uni, but I was lucky enough to meet her along with Elle and a few other friends when we went to see her production of Romantics Anonymous in Bristol, which was only, I think, about an hour's trip away from Exeter, so really close. And it was a really good show. And it was just topped off by seeing her at the end of it. And the reason I love her work so much is I think she's just adds some sort of magic to her productions that really make them noticeable. And as Al suggested a few weeks ago, I think now, I think Wise Children, the show is still available on the Wise Children website now. So I'd recommend on that. On BBC iPlayer. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. I'd recommend that if anyone has a chance to see it. Nice. That is so, so good. Uh, my my part of the week um, is pretty mainstream. You probably all know him, um, Jonathan Groff. I just love him. He's in so many things that I love. He's in, um, he's a, one of the protagonists in 36 Questions, something that I recommended um, a couple of episodes ago, I think. And again, we said this in the last episode, but we'll say it again. He's also in Frozen 2, which by the time this comes out, should be on Disney+. Plus. So if anyone's not seen that, please go give that a watch. <laughs> So yeah, Jonathan Groff is my person for the week. Very mainstream, but has to be said, absolutely love him. And I think he's also in Hamilton. He um, is, he is. That's another thing on Disney Plus Disney for Plus. to look to watch. Um, should be out by the time it is. Pardon? Do you guys have Disney Plus already? We do, yeah. It's unfair. Do you not have it yet? <laughs> Until mid-September. What? Oh, yeah. Very well, sad. Yeah, you sneaky, a sneaky VPN for that. Yeah. <laughs> Pop over to England anyone. You can come and watch it. I'll come to England for Disney Plus. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so sadly, I think we're coming towards the end of this episode, but thank you so much, Tom, for spending some time with us both today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so nice. It's been a great break, once again, taking time from our usual lockdown routine so far, and it's given us another chance to, to, to relax. So thank you not only to Tom and Elle, but 
to everyone who's allowed us to join you for 30 minutes of your week. We'll be back with a new guest really soon, so please keep a lookout on po- on our social media posts. You can reach us on Instagram by searching for pod underscore cast list. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Bye. <laughs>